0: let's look at Ephesians chapter 5 and uh, we're going to finish up talking about worship. Tonight we're going to talk about corporate expression of worship or our corporate gathering. So we come together. So we talk about how worship, everybody is a worshiper. We are made worshipers. Uh, We're great at it. It's what we do. We always find something of ultimate and highest value and give ourselves to that and celebrate it. That's what human beings do. I was walking in and uh, they had the one of the soccer games on, which is really sad because um, soccer, I believe, is the devil sport. But it was, it was it was on out there, and you see these crowds of people yelling and gathering all across Europe and even across the world. You know, they're gathering and celebrating because they consider that to be a super value. And I'm not against sports, but that's that's what we're made to do. It's an ex- exhibition of or just an example of what we do. I saw, um, I think it was Louis Giglio who did one time, I kept, had not been able to find it again. He did a mashup of Michael Jackson concerts. And he was talking about worship. And he showed these. He wasn't picking on Michael Jackson, he was just showing uh, his concerts and whenever he would go out in public and you see people expressing their love and admiration for him, for his music. And he just talked about how if you... Take away the fact that it's a Michael Jackson concert, it, it would look like what some people think about church. I mean, there's hands raised, and there's swaying, and there's clapping, and there's dancing, and, you know, there's celebrating. Um, or, or maybe it's what's missing from a lot of our churches, that, uh, that heartfelt expression. And we, so we talk about that when we find something of highest value, that we...
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> just care.
2: I can't. <laughs> I feel,
0: I feel awkward. we've, I feel we've crossed the level of intimacy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's breaking down the walls, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Just let it all hang out.
2: So, um, from afar.
0: <laughs> and so how, um, I've totally lost my train. So, so when we, and how the, the natural, the natural, that natural outgrowth, that natural outflow of when we find something of, of that value is that we express, we express worship, and we cannot help but to do it. That's what happens. And then to, tonight, we're going to talk about. Uh, what happens, and what's the element of when um, when we gather together as a group of Christians to worship? Like, what's that all about, and what is that supposed to look like, and what does that entail, and what's what's the deal with that? Um, it's interesting that the the, uh, the church that there probably is an element of the church who don't gather in in larger groups to sing and to worship, but I don't know of any group in church history that didn't do that. It's just, it's not only what Christians do, but it's what people do. When, when you find something to be of value, you gather with like-minded people in order to celebrate it. That's what a, a football game is. I mean, especially today, you could stay home and watch a game much more enjoyable than going to a stadium. I mean, the, the screen is clear, you have the best seat in the house, you know what's going on. When you go to a live game, you lose track of what's going on, you're not sure. You, know, you, have, you have to call somebody who's home during a break to actually figure out, hey, did, was he in bounds? I never said anything. I don't, we don't know what happened. There was a touchdown that was gone, I don't know what's going on. But you gather for the experience of gathering people who share that value. That's the whole tailgating experience, besides like drinking your head off. I mean, it's actually gathering people who share this common value. And it's not just sports, but um, we had a couple come over to our house um, a few months ago. And uh, I was, they're a retired couple, and I was talking with the wife about you know, what she does. and The husband plays a lot of golf, and asked her what she does, and she said she makes quilts. And she said that she is a member of two quilting clubs where they gather. And she said, I'm very involved in these quilting clubs, which I don't know exactly what that means. But (laughs) I guess there's very well, I guess there's some people that just kind of come occasionally. but, But she was attending this quilting club two of them it was heavily evolved and quilting is kind of interesting in that it's something you can easily do by yourself I'm not I'm not sure what gathering with 30 other people who are quilters would do except that they share they understand right And when you get together you can have conversations about how difficult this quilt is and you know when they you show them this quilt that you made they can appreciate the time and effort that you put into it you can there's a common bond there because of the value that you place in it. And people just that, that's that's part of what we do. That that our our as we touched on last week, our joy is completed in the expression of worship. That whenever you experience something that's that's good, that's awesome, that's valuable to you, you you can't help but to express it in that expression, other people Hearing it and being a part of it and being around other people who value it too makes it that much more um, fulfilling. Remember my a story about the uh, the zucchini boat? And I, I heard found it afterwards that that's your pot roast. Like, I hate pot roast; it like yeah. turns my stomach. That for some reason zucchini is that for you. So I can understand how the story would kind of break down over in this side of the room. But it was a transcendent experience. And the fact that I had, not only that I expressed it, but I found somebody else who had tasted it that same night and that we could enjoy it together. And we had a little bitty, small-scale worship experience with each other of value in what we had experienced. Pent-up joy is torture. If you hear something like some really cool news, and somebody tells you, don't tell anybody. <laughs> That's torture, right? Because it's so good. you want other people to know, you can't the, 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 you know it. So the shit you would think like there should be some pleasure in you knowing something that ever, other people don't know, but it actually is the opposite. It's burning inside you to let other people know this, this news, this story. you can't help but do it. That's what we do when we gather. As Christians, we are gathering together to express it. That's what people always have done. Do you guys have a worship experience that you remember? Is that rhetorical? No, not rhetorical. <laughs> God, but I'll take
2: anything yes. that you can do. Yeah. Seventh yes. yes. yeah. um, grade great camp. in a time of no solution parts of the country, and you're all like, where God? I like, whoa, mm-hmm. what just happened?
3: You mm-hmm. <laughs> remember mine back in the day, at church, Wait. in a really, really dark place in life. It's about 17, 18, and uh, during the worship time, I just felt like God was really breaking down, just really kind of being, bringing healing, beginning the healing, deep, deep healing process for me. It just, it was just, it was difficult, but it was amazing at the same time. It was liberating, even though it was painful to like have this release of. I can't be Yeah, at the same time, He was holding it, but I just remember that that. That, that evening, him beginning that process of restoration for me. So, very exciting moment.
0: Mm-hmm. You've Alice have some kind of worship experience that you, that you remember or is memorable? I
3: was in college. A group of us would get together and... Um, lay on the floor and just, like, pray and sing and, like, I don't know, it was just, like, it was obviously in college you have a lot more time than you do once you become an adult, but, I don't know, it was just, like, it was never, like, you didn't have to go to a meeting, didn't have to get out of there because you had some, some you know, children to take care of or anything, and it was just, like, everybody was so, like, into it, but it wasn't, like, it's whatever. Like, always feeling like I have something else to do or got to get done or church needs to be over because we got to go here or whatever. So, it was cool.
0: What kind of effect did that have on you, looking back?
3: Um, I mean, it had a huge effect. Um, I mean, I mean, inner peace, you know, like, if there are people that would come and have issues and, like, you know, we'd pray through them and pray for them and, um... I mean, I felt like I grew a lot in my faith and all that during that time. And I mean, of course in college is when you normally are finding yourself anyways, but um, I mean, it was huge. I mean, I felt like it helped shape a lot of who I am. Mm-hmm. So, was cool.
0: Anybody else?
4: <coughs> well, one of the uh, mission trips to Costa Rica, we, we met uh, it's kind of been a the theme since Subsequent mission trips since then, but we got there on a Saturday. Went Sunday, went to worship with the pastor that we were coming in to help out, and he was trying to—he was actually trying to plant a church in another community, and we were—that was kind of our goal there to get in that community that weekend and you know, go door to door. Just he already had a, like, a Bible study in there, but anyway, you know, we, we come rolling in. It's my first mission trip, and you know, we come in rolling in at the church. I a bunch of American guys. Like, yeah, we, you know, we're here, and. Uh, we get there and it was a small, tiny little room. One guy with a guitar, you know, no windows, anything, and just from this first drum, I mean, these 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 people started singing with the power and and the. It just felt like all of a sudden it's like around the throne of God. I mean, just how much power and passion they had in a small room. It's like it just blew us away. I mean, like. Kind of saying, that we, we thought we were there to help them, and then all of us. I mean, we were we were just a bunch of criers man. Said, we didn't know what they were saying. Like, That's the beautiful soul we've ever heard, man. They <laughs> no clue what they are saying. We like, were like, let write these words down. Do. And uh, so it was really neat. And I think that worship in itself um, really gave us the strength to get through a lot of difficulties through that week. And just, just really showed it. What it comes to me, too, is it just shows how... Um, they were truly worshiping. Uh, didn't need a lot. They were just pouring out their hearts. From what it, could, from what we felt, um, and it was just really, it was pure. It was really pure. Uh, and you know, I think they, 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 they were. And from an aspect, see, I don't think you can worship corporately unless you can worship individually. Mm-hmm. And I think so, so, sometimes we, you know, I don't know, so I put my hand up, so how do I do this? So it was just really neat to see them just truly truly worship. It was the first, the first real picture I thought i would really seen of worship. Mm-hmm. And that's what we kind of shared that group that we can we all were um, taken back from that. Mm-hmm.
0: anybody else? How about you watch it um, later?
4: <laughs>
5: I actually uh
6: I had one this morning. Um and I've been at a, I've been at Wellspring Church for the last year, um, playing with them and the band. it's, it's been a long time since like I've cried in the midst of playing and singing a song. Um but It happened this morning like, we have two services and it got to the first one it was like cool done and, um, <laughs> and then we got to the, to the second one and it was the, the last song and um, it was like the whole service today. they're moving today today they moved from had the last service at Myrtle Beach middle School and they're moving over to the YM, the new YMCA. and um, and so they just kind of remembered like you know where the church how it started and what, what God's done along the way. And um, and so like the last song of the song that we sang that song sang?
1: That's
6: what sang. was uh it's a hill song song called God is Able and like the song is like you know, it says like God is able, He's on our side, he will never fail. And um, you know it just talks the whole song is just about you know God is able to do way more than you could ever think possible and it's like I'm in the midst of of this group of 200 people who are singing about this this move and you know God's able to take us here and blah blah and then like the whole time I'm thinking
1: yeah but what's really
6: hitting me is I'm stepping away from this to go tonight with 10 people and uh you know and like it was just this this overwhelming moment of like even though, you know, myself and and them were on completely different pages, like, just to know that we can both share in the experience of God being able to do way more than we could possibly think. And it was like I s sp- we were singing it, and we got like halfway through it, and then it was just like, "What's
1: going on? Is there dust, is there dust in here? Yeah, is else? allergies, man, allergies." And,
6: uh, but it was just this experience of like, you know, just that that presence of like, yeah, God can do anything, and God's going to do great things with them at Wellspring, and God's going to do great things here at Doxa and what we're doing and, and just being able to, to it was it was really, really really good. And then I did something <laughs> of like I was oh. I like I was wiping sweat. and then I was like right <laughs>
5: wiping
6: sweat off your eye. Yeah. Just sweat from my eyes. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Turn the lights off.
0: <laughs> That's what we will um, and hear the story uh, I remember I guess I was 14 years old and I was working a summer job with uh, my uncle in Colombia and I was staying up there and but I'd come back uh, home uh, here to Conway for the weekend and I had some money because I had you know a summer job and so I went out and had a now, I guess my parents took me somewhere, and I bought some clothes. This was my money, right? So, you know, usually my, my parents' rule was if it was their money, they buy my clothes, it was my money, I get to buy my own clothes. So I was like, yes. And so I bought a few things, and I remember one thing I bought, and uh, this is very funny looking back, but it was a uh, it was a teal aquamarini color silk shirt. <laughs> And uh, short sleeves, silk shirt, and I thought I was the mom, right? So I go to church, where this the uh, church, I'm going to show this off, right? Like, I'm, I'm sporting it. And I remember, I'm pretty sure I remember the song um, that we were singing. Uh, it's a, a hymn, how marvelous, how wonderful uh, is my Savior's love for me. And uh, I remember, I could probably start crying right now if I really, really thought about it. Or sweating from my eyes, but um, but I I remember as that 14 year old, I started worshiping, and just in the process, I was just overcome by this thought of how much He loved me and this sense of His presence with me, and I just started I started crying. Not just like crying, I started like Crying, cry. you know. There's like, one thing like if tears are coming. It's another thing when it gets into the ugly cry, you know what I'm talking about? And uh, yeah, exactly. It was it was like that, and uh, it was it was done. I did that like turn around and say hello to your neighbor, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I looked down and there were these just streaks down because it's a silk shirt. There's these streaks down, all the way, all over my shirt, and it's just, it's not, like, it's dry, like, that. this is there, because it's silk, it's there, and, uh, uh so then it wasn't just like, I could not play all for the rest of the day, you know, you go out to eat afterwards, and I just have, you know, these tear stains running down my shirt, but, but there's a few, that's, that's the, that's the one that stands out, They're, Are several times I can think of. That was a whole period where God kind of really touched me. With several other times in my life that I remember God really in worship. That it was memorable, and the kind of effect that that had for me as a 14-year-old is that was like an anchor. Um, Because the teenage years are really tough, and. Um, probably not for you guys, but for me, uh, today's years were, were really awkward and tough. But that was an anchor that held me. That I knew, no matter what, that He is real. I mean, I, I, I knew what the book said, but I, I knew personally He is real. And so, through all the temptation and all the awkwardness and all the weirdness that followed the next. You know, 10, 15 years was. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was biographed. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm know.
1: leading up until like just a couple of weeks
0: ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that held me. And that tethered me to the truth. That's kind of the effect that it had on me. Let's look at Ephesians 5. And verse um, 17. I'm going to read through verse verse 21. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. Giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thinking about worship, what stands out to you in this section? There's are some things in life that are that are bad, right? I mean, they're not good things. They're not just unpleasant. They're like, they're evil things. You know, how, how do we give thanks always for everything? What do you guys think?
3: I had a friend recently who had like a bad situation happen and like when she was telling it to me, I was like, oh, those people are terrible. Like she asked, she asked like three months, in advance to be off to go with her daughter, um, on s- the help her with school or whatever, and um, like the week before she left, her boss was like, "Well, you can take it off but without pay," um, and uh, trying to like basically manipulate that she wouldn't go, and um, she was like, "Okay, I'm not gonna go," because like her whole plan wasn't she was gonna go but still work while she was up there. But she totally, like, turned it around. She's like, I can't really afford to go up there without pay. But she's like, but how great. Like, God just gave me this gift. Like, I don't have to work. Like, I was going to go up there and, like, try to help my daughter but like, be working and the phone ringing off the hook and doing all this stuff. But, like, God just gave me this huge gift. And she's like, and I was like, I would never have, like, been like that. I would have been like, oh, listen to how terrible these people are. I'm not getting paid. You know, like, um, so I think when, even though they're, things always may seem awful and terrible, there is something to find gratitude in it, you know, like looking for it, really seeking it out, you know? Because, I mean, you know, all things are for the good, you know? So, I mean, you know, things are happening to life, I and mean, good is going to come from them, you know, eventually, even if it doesn't feel it. So, um, not that I'm saying easy but... Trying to really find an everything, mm-hmm. And like, they were in a hiding place. At one point, um, Corey and her sister are in jail and there's fleas everywhere. And they're like, okay, we to sit down. Thank God because we're in a place we just have to pray. And thank God. And sitting there, she's like, thank you, God, for Thank you for my sister. Thank you for the fleas. And Corey looks up at her big sister she's like, for the fleas? And she says, yep. Yeah. And it turns out later, the reason they were able to have Bible study in there was because the guards were scared to come in and get flea um, and it's like the whole Joseph story. Mm. You started well, and then God used him to save his family right. and everything. Just God's like, hey, this this will work out. Mm. So I remember even the bad things. was like, he I mean, like that? Mm. or you can trust him. Me. I think mean,
4: that he's in the situation with. You know, that's what we can be thankful for. It's not necessarily the particular situation, but know that it's as a child of God, I and mean, we're not uh, still with somebody else. He's not. He's in the pit with you. You know, mm-hmm. with the Joseph story. I mean, God was in the pit. He had plans for the pit in the future, but He was there.
0: Just back to that worship thing, does not that that focus? Who's what are you finding the value in? Are you finding value in our circumstances that are going well, or going poorly, or is it in in Christ Himself? And that changes. What
6: we are going to say? Is something different? Um, which, I mean, you can, I guess you can kind of can tie into that whole thing. Like, I mean, even in the midst of all of that stuff that happens, like, you know, I mean, in verse 19, when it says, speak to one another, um, the songs and hymns and spiritual songs, like, even in the midst of all of that, like, when those bad things happen, I mean, you know, like, for us... I mean, we have babies that were born three months before they were supposed to be born, and we went through this time. And there's tons of people who go through things that are like way worse. Right. Um, you know, they have you know experiences that we can't even imagine. But I mean, for us and in our situation, it was a, it was a pretty rough time. But like to have just your your family, and not you not just like your family, family because a lot of my family's crazy, so, um, you know, like, having, like, your your family, family, come up and say, hey, you know, in the midst of all this stuff, we're, we're here, and, like, in that verse, it's like, you know, when we talked about the whole vertical and horizontal thing, like, we're, and even singing songs together, we're not just singing to God, but we're, we're singing with each other, and even, like, to each other, and, and speaking into each other and if there's somebody next to us who's having a horrible, awful time like us singing a song together that says, you know what? No matter what you're going through you know, God, God is able to do and bring you through this and being able to, to speak into each other that way is like it's huge to me like I I mean, I always thought when I mean, you sung a song you just singing to Jesus and right. you know, it's being Jesus <laughs>
1: and yeah,
6: and uh, but I, I think it goes so much deeper than that for us
0: and the community.
1: Don't. Sorry, anyway.
0: Yeah, I think that's. I mean, sometimes some days, you know, I'm going to come in to a gathering or breakfast with you guys or something, and it's I'm not going to feel like. I don't feel like the world is caving in on me, but just hearing other believers around me singing of His goodness and faithfulness can remind. It may not change my circumstances, but it reminds me. Um, it reminds me that I didn't have the, the effort for myself to refocus. Does so anything else cannot be asked in this
1: section?
2: Well, I think that giving thanks always, like everybody was talking about before, and um, I think when I am worshiping, especially, like, involved in corporate worship, I don't know if it happens to anybody else, but for me, at least, I feel like the Holy Spirit brings things to my mind, you know, because um, the most broken I get over my sin is usually follow worshiping, you know it's kind of embarrassing because sometimes if are preaching you know I'm still not in But but um,
6: don't wear a silk shirt <laughs> that's <laughs> the <wear>
1: lesson
5: <laughs>
2: or I'll just lie say my eyes and my nose is wet my nose is totally sweating right <laughs> now but I also think is I also get reminded very often that you know God is sovereign God is in control and that's that's one of the ways that helps me Gets that gratitude and because of nothing happens by mistake, and, you know. And I think some part of that helps. It gets reaffirmed in worship for me. I don't know if that makes any sense. It makes absolute sense.
1: You know.
5: Uh, it mentions do not get drunk online, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. to you are. You are shocked. You're
0: going right to what I think is the most interesting part. I, I was
5: going to say that the sphere would fill us, and in which the same way the mind would do, would would overshadow our problems and
0: see his glory and everything. Did
3: mm-hmm. he just
0: do what you were going to say? No, but he, I mean, he went to the heart. I think that's the most. Let's read that again. You're. Dude, that's awesome. You're welcome. <laughs> this... <laughs> <laughs> because I think this is the most interesting part of the whole passage think about what he's saying You know, if you're a Christian you've been a Christian a while you've read this section a billion times stop and listen to what the Apostle Paul is saying what comparison he's making because nobody's talking about drunkenness in this passage he's not addressing a misuse of alcohol Anywhere in the context of this passage. Verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit. So he's drawing a comparison between being drunk and being filled with the Holy Spirit. And then he's he's telling the effect, just like Hudson was saying. And the effect is, Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. What what comparison, what's the connection between the drunkenness deal and the being filled with the Holy Spirit deal? Uh, well,
1: first
5: uh, drunk and the Holy Spirit, both both overshadow your problems, as just people get drunk and forget their problems, and have some moments of semi-peace. I say semi. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right.
3: How do you know this? What? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you read it in a book.
5: <laughs> Parents in and, <laughs> uh, and badly, no hangover with spirit. Uh, <laughs>
1: uh, no. What's uh,
5: here? No, but it uh, <laughs> my humor thing uh, better. Goodness, uh, but being drunk with the Holy Spirit uh, gives us peace.
1: Drunk
5: with the Holy Spirit? Yes, as in it's being a substance that gives us peace, filled and having a lot of it. Yes, drunk with the Holy Spirit. I can say that, phrase. Go
2: ahead.
5: You're welcome. <laughs> uh sorry. Uh, but, my goodness, my,
2: uh, just stop, just stop now. Okay. 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 okay.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, but it gives us peace in all things. And helps us relax. And we enjoy it. And we can share it with others. Hmm.
0: I think
2: you're exactly
4: right.
5: But,
6: but also, the day of Pentecost, they thought everybody was drunk. It <laughs> was filled with the Holy Spirit. That's absolutely true. Of course, you that.
1: They're just feeding all I mean, when everybody gets drunk, you're all singing together anyway. She's
2: not looking at it. She's looking it. You're all singing together. And you give people a lot of unwelcome advice. Mm. <laughs> that's like, you know, that we're edifying one another by saying we're operating on the holy spirit. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you think about the effect that alcohol has on us. It, it's a it's a it's a deadener. It it closes you off to the outside of the world. Um, so that you can find that that peace, or that happiness, whatever that that thing is. The spirit, the difference that it does, it doesn't deaden the world it heightens us to true reality. It helps us see through the veil of this fallen world and see what is really, really important. And the effect that that has on us is that we respond in worship, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. So it's saying that not just in your gathering, but in the way that you are talking to each other, that our, our conversation should be filled with With praise, should be filled with joy. Ralph Martin, uh, who wrote uh, "Worship in the Early Church," uh, had a quote that the Christian Church was born in song. That's that's the history of the church is that people always sing. In fact, we have we know that Christians sang in the very beginning. I actually think before the church, the, the Psalms are. It's it's the uh, people of Israel. It's their song book of what they how they sang to the Lord. It's filled with uh, urges to to worship Him, to sing, to sing loudly, to stand, to kneel, to play instruments, to to sing loudly, to express worship. We see it in the New Testament. Paul quotes through his letters uh, sections that we believe to be. Uh, parts of early Christian hymns in Revelation. I have a the guy who is my mentor. He calls the Book of Revelation the uh, New Testament songbook. It's filled with songs of praises to our God um, all over the place. Um, and twenty-four elders sit on the throne before God, fell on their faces and worship God, saying, "We give." Thanks to you, Lord God Almighty, who is and who was, for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. They sing all the way through it. Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. And then, um, ever since the beginning of the church, we have been singing, the church has been singing. We have one hymn that's the oldest, continuously used Christian hymn. It's called the Fos LR Fos I always mispronounce it. Fos on Fos. Yes, Fos Ilron. Thank you. Fos Ilaran. And and uh, it's been used ever since the uh, at least the fourth, fifth century. And it's used today. Guys, uh, it's also called Hail Gladdening Light, passion to a song. Of it's been used ever since the Eastern Orthodox Church still uses it at their vesper services. I mean, we've always have sung. We're commanded in Scripture to sing. Um, in this section that we just looked at, look at Colossians chapter three, verse sixteen. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs and with thankfulness in your hearts. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So uh, we have always sung, but worship is worship is more than singing. It's not less than singing. Worship always involves a response. Because uh, we sing. We have music. It's what humankind has always has done. We celebrate things in music. It's, it's, uh, it's hardwired into who we are, but it's not just um, our singing. Look at that last verse in Colossians. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and Father, him So what we do is an outgrowth of worship. Um, and then let's look at John 4:23 what we done. Worship is not um, glib, it's not trite. It's not simply emotional at what Jesus said whenever he was talking about worship. John 4.23 He's talking to the uh, Samaritan woman at the well. But the hour is coming, and it's now here when the true worshipers worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is what? Seeking, Seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, those who worship him must worship him in spirit and and in truth. What does that mean, you guys think, that we're supposed to worship Him in spirit and in truth? I'm
2: not go to church and I'm going to on something. Mm-hmm.
0: So Some on mm-hmm. Sunday morning, we're singing and smiling. And
2: you're going screaming out to at your spouse, all the way to church. Mm-hmm. You know, you're tired. Oh. Right. As
0: soon as you get out of the car. Right. <laughs> Hi, what was the
2: church place to be? Oh, you know, when you go to church and, and, and sometimes it feels as if the worship is contrived to try to bring out a certain emotion in people. You know, it's a show, it's not really, you know, you don't feel it. You know, I know that You know, the Holy Spirit lives in me and He knows when something is right. true worship. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. But, you know, you get that kind of. Dead feeling. Mm-hmm. So you stand up and you say, but it's kind of like empty words. Yeah. How do you... Yeah.
0: How do we not do that? How do we not just go through the motions when we gather together?
3: You turn to people who are actually serious about it, and pray that God will cause me not to do
2: that. It's
7: on If you're not really in... Let me just say this for myself. If you're not soaking in scripture and prayer, I show up at church dead. The other six days of the week completely play on how I appear on Sunday. And if I'm living that type of a life, my you know, I, I wonder, you know, something to be able to pull back, how many people are there to acknowledge a holy, sovereign, righteous, mighty creator of the heavens and the earth? To show up there to simply say, I acknowledge you, I honor you, I worship you. Come here today to collectively adhere to your word, um, to praise you, to thank you. And, you know, I've left here the last three weeks feeling like I've had ten times more worship than I did the, that morning. Um, I didn't today, and this is why. I was in with four to six year olds, four to pre kindergarten six year olds. And I leave every time with this spiritual, you know, A bomb going off. Because nobody's there to please the neighbor. Nobody's there to say, oh, look at what I'm wearing this Sunday morning. Nobody's there to say, gee, I can give more, you can take less, or I can sing louder. I've got, and we get 16 kids in there, <coughs> Four, or five, and pre kindergarten. And it was amazing because when I start feeding them God's word, they start consuming it. And you go, wow. You know, just the magnitude, the enormity of what's taking place all of a sudden comes into focus that this is how we are and you can tell how, how um, you know, and it, it goes back to that, that if, if there are certain disciplines that I'm not engaging in, doesn't give evidence to the fact that there's really a holy God in my life. I can give thanks for everything if, if I'm walking next to him and acknowledging that he is truly sovereign. Um, and, and the good in there, I have confidence that, that everything that takes place won't go to waste do I really live in that state? You no. Know? But when I'm soaking in his word and I'm spending time on my knees, I'm alone. You know, that seems to be the world I live in. Um, so, you know, it's, it's just, it's how, and again, it goes back to this. Ephesians, the whole chapter, was really about children living in the life. Like, you know, how, how, where are we, how do we conform our lives
0: to this? So... Um, God is glorified when he is known truly and felt duly. So, what, what that means is that when we see who God is in the scripture, when we see who he is in the gospel, that creates work up. It stirs my affections to him. And I don't just know that, but I experience the goodness of that, and I respond and worship. And that's what worship is. Worship is that, um, that glorying in His beauty. It's an enjoying of who He is. It's the enjoying of That's why He's looking for worshipers. He's not looking for academics, because that's only part of the equation. What we see and study has to affect our emotions. Whenever you get to know somebody, when you're first dating, the more you, and the more you like, you learn about who they are, the more you love them more, and the more you enjoy. Them, and you just go on and on about that. And that's that's the experience of worship. It's knowing who He is and experiencing it. Um, Let me share this quote with you. Um, I think this is Piper. So music and singing are necessary to Christian faith and worship for the simple reason that the realities of God and Christ, creation and salvation, heaven and hell, are so great that when they are known truly and felt duly, They demand more than discussion and analysis and description. They demand poetry and song and music. Singing is the Christian's way of saying, God is so great that thinking will not suffice. There must be deep feeling and talking will not suffice. There must be singing. That's why we gather to worship together so we want that to be a part of our DNA as we're building this little infant thing that we call doc. So we want us to be known as a people who corporately gather together in reality, not pretending about, you know, hi, I'm Randy, everything is going great. You can come in and be down. You can come in and be downcast. You can come in and say, man, I had a bad week. I blew it today. I blew this week. That's the reality. And experience the beauty of other people coming in and carrying you in worship. And and as we sing and as we speak about who He is and what He has done for us, that's stirring your heart and your affections so that you leave worshiping Him. That's, that's what we want to have a part of. Not just we gather on a, you know, we call this a large group because... This is all we have in a larger group, or even in a small group in a home. But that's an element of worship. That's that's what that's a big thing that we value. Reality, but but understanding that the truth stirs our affections, and that it takes more than just thinking about it. It takes more than theories. It takes more than just talking about something. That when something really moves you, you got to sing about it. You got to write poetry. You got to paint something. You got to express it somehow beyond uh, that, that where words don't suffice anymore.
3: Can I share something? Because yeah. it goes along with what you're talking about. Um, I go to a church in Mount Pleasant where my husband works and um two weeks ago, I am one to not put on a front. You're going to pretty much know how high feel <laughs> at all times. Um, and I was having a bad morning, and my husband had to go to church before me, and I got there, and the kids were both screaming in the back seat, and then he comes out and yelling at him, and <laughs> we get in the church and people are like, hi, how are you? And I'm like, bad. Like, I'm like, just not talking right now. And I didn't mean it rudely, but I just needed a minute. Um, and I went up to worship, and we started worshiping, and I'm just like, I just can't do this right now. Like, I'm just in a bad mood, and like, and God just spoke to me. He's like, This is where I want you. I want you completely raw. He's like, I, I, you know, I don't want the, the good Christian, the pretty Christian. He's like, I want you just completely raw to accept me. It was really cool. That is cool. So I think that's where He wants us all times. You know? That's really cool.
0: Sorry, I saw it your time. We're going to worship now. That's we'll uh, Father, Father, um, thank you for your goodness and your greatness. So thank you that you, um, that through the blood and of Jesus Christ who accept us right where we are. Um, so we can be real about that. We can be real about um, our bad days. We can be real about our sin uh, before you, um, knowing that you have made a way through the cross for us. And uh, we can celebrate that. And so God, tonight we celebrate that. I pray that as we sing, that you would know uh, the, the truth your spirit would stir our affections for you, that we would leave here with heightened affections, um, not with our senses dulled to what's around us, but with our senses heightened to what is true reality that goes beyond uh, the mundane
1: and the darkness of this world. In the name of Jesus, amen.